This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We have on the line with us, Dr. Kevin Roberts, Heritage Foundation. Dr. Roberts, how are you this afternoon? James, my friend, I'm doing great here in the Imperial City of D.C. Thanks for having me. You know, Doctor, about 35, 40 minutes up the road from you, up the uh, up the parkway there, up the Baltimore-Washington Parkway, if you go further enough into the city of Baltimore, they had a test recently. 2,000 students were tested to see how they were performing in math. Of those 2,000 students that were tested, Dr. Roberts, not one, not one could perform math on grade level. Not one. In New York City, there are over 242 right now, schools that are failing and that have been failing for years. They continue to fail. We have seen uh, no pres- no child's behind, left behind, and all the other programs that have come out of D.C. We've seen all the money that has come out of D.C., supposedly for education. We saw all the COVID money that came out, and the schools are still failing. Right now, I cannot believe it, but the Democrat governor of New York wants a change. She wants to bring the Democrat governor, wants to allow more charter schools in New York City. And she is being hammered by politicians, including some of her own party, who send their children to private schools because they so dislike what is going on in public schools. The Arizona governor, first thing that she did, Katie Hobbs, one of the first pieces of legislation she moved or tried to move was to stop the growth of charter schools and repeal them as repeal many of the provisions regarding uh, 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 charter schools in Arizona. This is a new battlefield, and I want to get your take on what, what Heritage believes and what should happen. Well, first of all, we must acknowledge the evil, the, the travesty, that three, four decades of radical leftist opposition to innovation and education has produced. And I don't say that lightly, James, as you know. I I run a think tank. We always want to base our commentary in facts. But it's a hard fact coming from this fifth-generation educator that the most noble of this noble experiment known as America, which is our public schools, we're failing at. And it's noble because of the pluralism of America, all of the diversity. You and I have talked about that in previous visits. And and what we're doing in spite of all of the sacrifices of generations of Americans of all kinds of backgrounds is because of the intransigence of the radical left. 
they are stopping innovation in schools. So what Heritage wants to do to change that is universal school choice. It is our objective, James, that every single dollar that is allocated by Congress, by state legislatures, by local school boards for education, follow every single child to the school of their parents' choice. And I'm happy to report that we're making some progress there. And I'm also very pleased to hear that your Democrat governor in New York has the political courage, and and let's just be really, really plain about it, that is political courage as a Democrat right now, to be saying that we want these public charters to come in, because she's recognizing that this is not just an educational problem. This is one that for two generations, because of the inability of so many American kids to be at grade level in math and reading and science, is going to have social and cultural repercussions. So we have to fix this now in order to limit the damage to society 25 and 50 years from now. That is not an exaggeration, as you know. It is, unfortunately, the reality we're facing, and it's why Heritage, more than all of the policy issues we're working on, cares so deeply about school reform. What happens... First, let me just ask this question, because you are you, you a fifth-generation educator. When children do not receive the education that they are promised by America, you will be educated. What happens to those children? Well, sociologists call this the success sequence, and the first step in the success sequence is to graduate from high school. The All of the data for every ethnic group in this country is that if a child does not graduate from high school, their chances of being successful by every measure, economic, social, basically is, is 10 or 15%. And then secondly, let's say they do graduate from high school but they don't have the, they're not at grade level, and that's, that's happening to millions of kids, then they may get into college. They may not do well in college, and so then they're going to rack up a whole bunch of, of debt that they're not going to be able to repay because they don't have the hard skills. They, they're not necessarily dumb people, obviously. They're just, we have failed them in the classroom. They're going to be in jobs that, where they can't perform, And especially for men, James, this is true for both men and women, but this is a crisis right now for men. When they get into that situation, it turns into the most horrible of our of our social crises. And so what I'm trying to do here is connect the dots between what we know is going on, which is a a mental health crisis among a lot of Americans, but especially ironically for men under the age of 40 the educational attainment or lack thereof brought on by the status quo thinking is absolutely the foundation of that problem. And that problem manifests itself in all kind of ways. Every time we have one of these mass shootings in America and we start profiling and we say, okay, these something is going on with America's primarily young men and we don't understand it and we don't understand it. Well, many of these young men, um, you said, right, based in statistics, look at the profiles. They are not achieving in school. They feel isolated. They feel left out. And this is becoming an increasing problem. And now men are not going to college as much. In a complete reversal, 
male enrollment in higher education has dropped significantly. It has. In fact, I, this this particular academic year for uh, colleges, I think men are just barely above 40% of college students. And, and obviously, nothing against the, the women who, who compose the 60%. It's just that we know society is 50-50, and we know that it is not good when it comes to professional skills, to the, the intrinsic worth of knowledge, but also the intrinsic dignity that each of us has when we, when we are, are attaining education, attaining you know, good work. That has become a crisis for men in this country, and, and the, the problem with all of these statistics that we have cited about the lack of innovation in education is that it isn't just in that particular grade. This is something, unfortunately, that is saddling American kids for the rest of their lifetimes. And let me go back to New York for a moment. Former Governor David Patterson, who is by no means a conservative at all, is backing and applauding Governor Hochul for wanting uh, to have more charter schools. Governor Pataki, Governor Pataki is saying it is absolutely racist for Democrat elected officials to block the expansion of publicly funded, privately managed alternative schools. Now, I want to just parlay that and ask you another question, and this this is a little bit different than charter schools. When I was coming up in Queens, New York, number one, if you presented yourself in school as a troublemaker, they took you out of that school and put you in another school that was specifically designed to handle bad attitude kids. We used to nickname them. We called them 600 schools. And they had a lot of male teachers in there that just are not going to stand around for guff. But also, New York used to have vocational schools. They used to acknowledge that everybody is not going to have academic success. So if you had a person that could work with their hands, if you had a person that was more interested, their own interest and passion wasn't necessarily in academic achievement, but they had potential to become great at other things, there was an acknowledgement that there are there's a place for you. Are those things old-fashioned? You're an educator. What, what is wrong with us that we can't seem to get this education thing right for so many kids? Well, you're, I mean, you put your, your thumb right on it, James, for 25 to 35 years the most influential education policy leaders have actually denigrated vocational education. And you asked about my perspective. I'm not only a fifth-generation educator, but, but I'm a liberal arts guy. You know, I, I founded a K-12 great book school in a, in a college that's a liberal arts college. But at both places, even though that sounds like a lot of book learning, and, and, it, and it is, we always had that component of working with our hands for two reasons. The first is – Every single one of us, you know, whether someone's going to be a white-collar worker or not, we, we also have a, a real intrinsic worth to working with our hands. It's why I'd still change the oil on my Ford truck myself. But the second thing is, to your point, there are a lot of students, men and women, who are perfectly smart, very driven. But it is not their domain to go succeed in four years of of traditional college education. And for most of this country's history, 
we did an excellent job of allowing students to make that choice. Obviously, we believe in freedom in this country. We're not going to attract students into one or the other like, say, France does. This is the point. Up until recently, up until about five or ten years ago, we basically eliminated vocational education for American students. The good news is that in a lot of states, places like Florida and Wyoming and Texas and many others, you're seeing a revitalization of those vocational schools with the messaging, and this is really important, that you're not less important, you're not less smart, you're not less of a hard worker. In fact, quite the opposite. If you go to these vocational schools, we need you. And let me just make one more connection between two dots that seem unrelated. That last point about needing these students in that work and American national security. We hope, of course, that we never have to be in another war, but it seems more and more likely we're going to be in some kind of quasi-conflict with the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Where, are the Ameri- where are the Americans who are trained to be factory workers? And, and you know well, your audience does. You can make six figures being a factory worker, and there's great dignity in that work. We have to get back to that as a people. It's not just an educational problem, but it's a social problem that has national security implications as well. Where can people find you, Dr. Roberts? Where can they help Heritage do this great work that Heritage is doing? The new Heritage folks, they're not stuffed shirts anymore. This is real to the core for America's survival. Where can people reach you? Heritage.org, and you are totally right. We are pulling up our sleeves and getting to work, and I can tell you there's a lot of policy progress around the country. You can track it at Heritage.org. Dr. Roberts, thank you so much. We appreciate you as always, and we'll look forward to the next visit from you. Thanks, James. Take care. WABC Talk Radio 77. Your call is coming up on Boston Early's Rush Hour. Do not go away. 